0: Hey, moms! Welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I am Dorinda. I'm married to Daryl, and we've got eight kids, ages 17 to 31, and we've got grandbaby number nine on the way. So, I am grateful that you joined me today. Um, we're going to be tackling the topic of when kids whine. Um, nobody's ever had that happen, right? It's just in theory. We're just we're just doing this for the fun of it, right? <laughs> Well, it turns out that um, I actually was messaged by a couple of moms asking me questions about the exact two topics that I plan to tackle in the next um, in, in the and ne- the upcoming podcast, including this one. And they were what to do when your child whines and what to do when your child is lying. So I thought that timing was very very perfect. Before I introduce our guest who's joining me today to help us tackle this topic. I want to encourage you to go check out my books. Uh, Probably the four-hour school day would be the one that I would recommend because uh, it is about how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. You can find it on Amazon, at my website, um, and you can also probably find it at any of your favorite booksellers. So go check that book out today. Also, I love to always share a little bit about my favorite magazine, you know, do you ever wish that you could have a homeschool mentor? You know, someone who's been where you are and can help you along the way. And that's why I do what I do. And I think that's probably one of the reasons many of you are here. But that's what Homeschooling Today magazine is as well. Except instead of just one mentor, you get access to a whole team of experienced homeschoolers. You'll find my columns, Mom to Mom and Dear Dorinda. It's, it, that's a new column. It's It's kind of like Dear Abby. So I'm really excited about that. Where I answer um, a question that a mom has a mom has uh, sent in to the magazine, and I get to tackle it in that issue. I well, I just want to invite you to subscribe, and when it comes in the mail, go grab a cup of coffee and find a comfy place to get away for a while, and maybe just consider it a time when you and I can get together and chat for a bit. You'll also be delighted to find many other voices that I trust to speak life into your homeschooling journey as well. Let them encourage, inspire, and walk alongside you. Let them help you to homeschool boldly with courage and freedom and an unhurried heart. And I will leave a link to Homeschooling Today magazine in the show notes. All right, so here's a question for you. Is your child struggling with whining, but you aren't sure how to address it? Well, we are glad that you are joining us today as Ginger Hubbard talks about how parents can address whining from a heart-oriented biblical perspective and teach their children to be better communicators. Now, Ginger has been on my podcast before, but I'm going to give, um, I'll give you just a little information about her. In case you haven't heard her before, Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, which is something I referred all of you back to in a recent podcast when I was talking about discipline, and another book called I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country and co-hosts the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger, welcome back.
1: Hey, Dorinda. It is always so good to be on with you. You are one of my favorite podcasts to be on because you're one of my favorite people.
0: (laughs) Well, you are one of my favorite people too, so we're just going to have some fun today. We're going to be tackling the, the uh, topic of whining. And I really am curious why you think whining has become such a problem with children in today's
1: culture. Well, Dorinda, the bottom line is that children, like us, are selfish in nature. We all want what we want when we want it. And if we don't get it, we have a tendency to complain or to whine about it. Another reason children whine is simply because they're allowed to whine. Parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. In all of my books and seminars, I like to encourage parents to look past outward behavior and address the issues of the heart from a biblical perspective. So, one of the issues behind whining is a lack of self-control. And what's really sad about it is that children who use demanding forms of communication to express their wants and their needs are in bondage to their emotions and lack of self-control. And an enslaving addiction to whining does not make for a happy child, or let's be honest, a happy parent. In (laughs) Proverbs 25, 28, God compares a person who lacks self-control with a, ch- a city whose walls are broken down. And in Galatians 5, and 23, he deems self-control so important that he lists it as a priority virtue. And then in Titus 2:12, he says that by his grace, we are to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives. It's encouraging for us to keep in mind that God's commands are for the purpose of his glory and our joy. And honoring God by speaking with a self-controlled voice accomplishes both purposes. When we choose to obey His commands, He puts joy in our hearts, which reflects His own joy of being glorified. It all works together in such a beautiful way. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that Jesus gives uh, us for obeying His commands in uh, John 15, 11, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And, you know, Dorinda, I think we, I could safely say that we've probably all witnessed the lack of joy in a whining child versus mm-hmm. the joyful countenance of a child who has been taught to communicate with self-control.
0: That You're absolutely right. And I know that there are probably a lot of parents out there who are actually at a loss for how to address whining with their kids. So they find themselves resorting to methods that are ineffective. Can you identify some of those ineffective methods and talk about why they're not
1: beneficial? Sure. One is scolding. According to the Bible, scolding is an angry response that will stir anger in the hearts of our kids. In Proverbs 15, 1, we're told a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we respond to whining by yelling something like, stop that whining right now or you're going to get it. We're training in anger, and we're not modeling the self-control that we're so desperately desiring our children to learn. Correcting wrong behavior should never be an I'll show you or a boy, you're going to get it now mentality. Correction should be given with an attitude of I love you too much to allow you to live an undisciplined life. Another ineffective method for dealing with whining children is to ignore them and or to give in to their demands mm-hmm. to ignore them is to shirk our responsibility to train them and to give in by granting them what they're whining for well you know that's just going to reinforce that wrong behavior now certainly There are times when ignoring or giving in may seem more convenient for us. After all, it does take time and effort to train our kids in what's right. But to ignore or give in to a whining child really is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest in the well-being of the child. God has placed parents as the authority over children to teach them not to ignore them or to get them to hush by indulging inappropriate behavior. When children whine, we want to view those times as precious opportunities to train them in self-control, not as frustrating moments of inconvenience for us.
0: Mm, I love that. I've been talking about discipline lately and so many things you just said were just totally in agreement with the things that I shared, you know, in terms of just, um, you know, we're training our children, whether we're training them or not, like what you said about if 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 they're going to be gratified when they whine, they're going to keep doing it. You're essentially they're, they're learning that if they do this, it works. So that's another form of training. So our job as parents is, is, is there and it's something we need to be doing. And if we're not doing it, we're actually still doing it <laughs> to a certain degree, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, but not in a good way, you know, because our, our our kids are looking to us. That's, this is the, these are the roles that God has given us. And uh, I talked a lot about that the last couple of podcasts, just how we have a certain responsibility and they have a certain responsibility. And mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're both um, being, being um, you know, held accountable for each of our responsibilities in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So how can parents help children understand the heart issue between, behind whining and teach them to be better communicators?
1: Well, I recommend three simple steps, and I know parents like scenarios, so let's just say that little Susie is whining to satisfy a particular want or even a God-given need, such as being thirsty or uh, being hungry. So maybe she's whining for a cup of water or juice or for a snack or something. So step one is to calmly ask a simple heart-probing question, something like, Susie, Are you asking for a snack with a self-controlled voice? And if she doesn't answer, don't get into a power struggle. Just go ahead and answer for her. No, sweetheart, you're not. God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. And then step two is to explain that it is love that motivates you to train her. And so you might say something like, honey, I love you too much to allow you to speak foolishly. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna set a timer and you could just use the timer on your phone. And when the buzzer goes off in three minutes, then you may come back and ask for a snack with your self-controlled voice. And then step three is to follow through. So when the buzzer, when the timer goes off, have the child come back and ask the right way. Now, before we go any further, Dorinda, I can imagine, I'm pretty sure there's some mamas out there listening right now thinking, yeah, that sounds great. That might work for your kids, but you don't know my kids. That would never work. When the timer goes off, my kids would be too stubborn to come back and ask the right way. Well, natural consequence. She doesn't get the snack until she can come back and ask with self-control. Also, I've noticed a lot of kids, and I think we're we're all seeing this, that a lot of kids today don't just whine when they want something. A lot of kids today whine just as a general means of communicating. Mm -hmm. Let's say that mom's driving the minivan and the child is strapped in the back seat and isn't necessarily asking for something, but is just inappropriately communicating her thoughts and feelings by whining. So whining in this case is simply words just spoken with a bad attitude, uh, which is also a reflection of a lack of self-control. So the three-step plan works the same way, uh, just use the same sort of questions. Sweetheart, are you talking to me with a self-controlled voice? No, you're not. So I'm going to set the timer. And when it goes off, then you can talk the right way. And then, and only then will we have that conversation. And after the timer goes off, um, you know, just say that the child clams up and refuses to talk with self-control. Same thing as far as a natural consequence. She doesn't get to have that conversation with mom until she can communicate the right way. So this simple three-step plan what it does is it enables the parent to reprove the child for whining, uh, have the child suffer the consequences of having to wait three minutes, which can seem like an eternity for a small child. And for some kids, that may even be too long. You know, you know your kids, it may just need to be one minute or two minutes or, you know, whatever you determine. And then most important, we want to encourage the child to come back and communicate the right way with self-control.
0: Love it, that's that's awesome. So once parents start implementing this training, how long does it normally take before they start seeing change?
1: Parents who are consistent with this teaching are telling me that their children are absolutely transformed in the way they communicate in one week or less. It's an easy way to address it. And if you're consistent, that's the key. It works. I think a lot of times when we find ourselves scolding or ignoring or giving in, it's because we really don't know how to respond. We don't have a plan. So out of our frustration, we respond in ways that aren't beneficial. So this plan not only helps us stay consistent, but it also gives us a self-control way to respond to whining. And that's going to help us uh, be more beneficial in the way we're doing it. It's going to benefit us and our kids more. Another great benefit to using this method is moms can use it Anywhere, uh, even when mm-hmm. they, even when they're out in public, because, uh, you know, I don't know about other moms, but for me, those were the times when I was the most tempted to ignore my kids when they were whining, or to give in by granting them what they're whining for. Because a lot of times we're embarrassed, and so that we're focused a little bit more on that. But if we keep a little timer with us, we're going to find it so much easier to follow through with this method anytime and anywhere. And as far as the timer, it could just be just a small kitchen timer, a stopwatch, or like I mentioned earlier, you could just use your cell phone. Or I actually have some really cute little timers in the shape of farm animals on my website, uh, which can be fun because then you can actually let your child go and pick out which one they like best. And so then they're involved in it, which can get them excited about using the plan. Mm -hmm. Also, one more thing, we need to keep in mind that sometimes kids kids are so accustomed to whining that it might be necessary for us to actually demonstrate how to communicate the right way. Mm-hmm. Giving them an example of how to communicate with self-control by modeling, modeling the appropriate words, modeling the appropriate tone of voice, that's going to encourage them in how to replace what is wrong with what is right.
0: Right. Okay, so how would you address the issue differently with older children who whine?
1: when older kids whine and demand uh, that their wants and desires be met immediately, that can actually be rooted in the sin of idolatry. Now, bear with me. I'm not We are talking about older kids here, okay? I'm not encouraging Mm -hmm. you to prop your three-year-old on your lap and launch into a long conversation about idolatry, because that's just not going to fly with a three-year-old. They're not probably not going to be able to understand that concept. It's going to be a little bit over their heads. But as they grow and mature, we do need to help them recognize and understand the sin of idolatry. And uh, it's also vital that we recognize it in ourselves, we can know that whining is rooted in the sin of idolatry when we start believing that our temporal wants and desires are going to satisfy us more than God. The Apostle Paul talked about those who substituted the temporal for the eternal in Romans 1.25. He said they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. We know from 1 Timothy 6.17 that God richly provides us with um, everything for our enjoyment, but but those gifts for our enjoyment become idols when they're desired and enjoyed over God himself. A good indicator that gifts are becoming idols is when the absence of them or the withholding of them ruins our trust and ruins our delight in the goodness of God. So as children mature, we wanna begin warning them against the dangers of idolatry. And a very simple way to explain that to a young child might be to say something like, honey, idolatry is when a person or thing is loved more than God, wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, or enjoyed more than God. Hmm.
0: I love that. That's so good. Now, one of the books in your series, you have a new series out called Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely. And um, one of those books is on the topic of whining. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us how this book will help children learn about the dangers of idolatry and the value of self-control? I love this idea of having a book to read to our kids that just sort of meets them at their level. So I really would love to hear um, about how uh, this book will help children learn this.
1: Okay, well, in the the book on whining that you're talking about is called Sam and the Sticky Situation. And in the story, Sam figures out that he gets what he wants when he whines. So- of course, like we just talked about, Dorinda, that reinforces that behavior. And so Sam starts whining more and more. But during a trip to the fair, Sam finds himself in quite the sticky situation when all of his whining leads him to being covered in cotton candy from head to toe and stuck on top of a Ferris wheel. Super fun story. So later in the story, Sam's mom winds up confessing her own problem with whining, mm-hmm. uh, which God uses to help Sam realize his problem. And in the end, they both learned that nothing they want is more important than obeying and pleasing God. They also learned the value of self-control and the importance of asking for God's forgiveness and help. Mm.
0: So in that book, Sam has uh, picked up on his whining tendencies, got it from his mom. And now as parents, uh, when our children struggle with an issue, should we look inward to examine our own hearts? to see if maybe we're struggling too.
1: Yep, and that's one thing that I wanted to get across in that book. In Matthew uh, 7, 5, it says that we should remove this, the plank in our own eye and then we can see clearly to remove the speck from someone else's eye. Uh, there's There's one thing that we all, all of us parents have in common with our kids we are sinners in need of a Savior just Mm. as much as they are. We need God's rescuing grace to help us just as much as they do. And it's encouraging them for them to know that. As parents, we need to be honest with our kids about our own struggles, of course, at age-appropriate levels. Mm. It's okay for us to say to our children, I was whining about having to do the laundry this morning, but mm-hmm. my whining and complaining was not honoring to God. So I've asked God to forgive me. Will you forgive me too? Mm-hmm. When we admit our own sin and our own need for Jesus to our kids, it really encourages them to do the same.
0: I love it. And I have read this little book and I loved it. So I would encourage you moms to to check it out and add it to your library. Now, I also want to know um, how, what are, what is the best way for the listeners to connect with you.
1: Well, my website is gingerhubbard.com. That's a great place to connect with me. And all of my books and resources are available there, including those little cute farm animal timers for the whining. If you want to let your child pick one of those out, you can check those out there at gingerhubbard.com. I'm also on Instagram at ginger.hubbard, where I offer daily encouragement and uh, lots of parenting tips. But my favorite way, Dorinda, to connect with folks is through our podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, address the issues of the heart, and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a practical standpoint, uh, my host and I, Katie, we are super passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance. And the one we just talked about now, whining, and we're going to talk in another episode about lying, Dorinda. We want to help parents move past those frustrations of not knowing how to deal with those and into a confident and biblical and heart-oriented approach. To raising their kids, yes, and I
0: love it. I recommend your podcast all the time to parents because um, it's just so helpful. I mean, I, I mean, just listening today to, to the little the steps that you give and just so practical and so usable. And I think so many parents are already being blessed. And I'm hoping that some of my listeners will go and and uh, look up look at your podcast, listen to your podcast, and find out more um, of what they need to know to really raise a godly generation. Well, I am so thankful that you were here today and uh, we're going to pray over the moms before we leave. But also I want to let all the moms know that we're going to uh, have another uh, separate podcast coming up and it is on lying. So make sure that you come back and listen to that one as well. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we are not left without the tools that we need to do our job well as parents. And I just pray for every parent who's listening right now, who's maybe frustrated and trying to um, sort of navigate a, a difficult uh, time with one or more of their children. God, I pray for wisdom for them. And I ask that the things that we shared today in this in this podcast and, and the one we're gonna, uh, when we do with the one on lying, Lord, I just pray that um, you would just pour out a blessing on these parents, that they would have wisdom and they would really, uh, just grow in confidence that you are equipping them to do the job that you called them to do. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of raising children. Um, we thank you for the way that they you use them to sanctify us and make us more like Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen.